Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. A lot of people don't teach on fasting because it's not really a priority to them, but in my opinion, uh, as a prayer warrior, intercessor, and corporate prayer person, fasting is a must. Um, it's one of our spiritual warfare uh, weapons. Uh, we've gotten into a few things to consider and know when it comes to answered prayer and how to uh, do spiritual warfare. And when I continued my study uh, with the secrets of a prayer warrior and the rules of engagement, I found that there were so many scriptures on fasting. And I'm like, okay, because a lot of people don't usually talk a whole lot about it, but... Um, I fast. I'm sure a lot of people here fast, but it's like, why do we fast? Why do we have to fast? So I decided I was going to teach on fasting because it is a spiritual weapon. And since we are at war, I want to remind everybody, we are at war, a spiritual war. Um, I wanted to touch on that because it's very important. Uh, In the book of Joel, which is a prophetic book, Uh, that basically deals with desolation, restoration, and judgment, Uh, we find that God requires, what he requires of us, his people, his army, we're his army, uh, in order for us to be delivered from the desolation and to enter into his restoration. Right now we are experiencing desolation in our nation, in our families, in our finances, and in our health. Uh, and to achieve all the promises that God said he would give us in this instance, he says in Joel 1.14, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Right now, Christians need to be crying out to the Lord because of the things that are going on around us. And it's like, those things are not godly. We can see them. Uh, um, my daughter brought up uh, the person that President Biden hired to be. I don't even know who he is, what to call him, because he dresses like a woman. I mean, and he looks so terrible, but he's, it's an embarrassment, really, to our country. <laughs> it's like, God, we really need to fast to, to get those people to see the light and to get people like that out, because what does, our, what does the world think about us? <laughs> to think about this, say, God, we really, we really need to pray. When it says cry out to the Lord, it indicates a desperate need for intercessory prayer and a unifying of fasting with prayer. Not a private fast, but a collective, a public fast uh, like they did in the upper room. It's Pentecost. What do you think they were doing up there? They were fasting and they were praying and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And when sometimes we're taught about that, we're not taught that they were fasting. <laughs> Jesus told them to go up there and wait for the Holy Spirit. He didn't tell, tell them to have a smorgasbord or anything. I'm sure people probably bought them things to drink and they might have had a little something. But they were fasting. They were having corporate prayer waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon them before they went out to do his, uh, what he told them to do, go out and make disciples. So uh, we don't always hear that. 
Joel 2, 12 says, Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. And how many of us right now when we pray, we are just mourning for this country. We're mourning for each other with this pandemic. Actually, I just, pandemic is just a plague. Because <laughs> that's what it is. It's a plague. <laughs> and it's like people are not thinking about that, that it's a plague. But you know what? Look what's happening in our country. It is a plague that has come upon us. And now they're talking about the... Uh, what are they called? Uh, cicadas that are coming in different areas. And it's like locusts and everything. It's like, come on, people, open your eyes. But there's so many people that just don't see it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do we have to do? What does God have to do to get our attention to be more spiritual, to do what he says? And this verse says, now, therefore, now what? Now that you did what I told you to do. <laughs> Uh, it goes on to say, blow the trumpet with a sign of warning and gather the babies, children, and every leader to fast and pray. Verse 28 says, Joel speaks of the promise of restoration. And after you do all that, it shall come to pass afterward uh, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. 28 says, uh, he speaks of... Um, the, the all, all flesh, which means not just the people that are there, but everybody, everybody pour out his spirit, which means he's going to change some people's thinking. <laughs> when he pours out the Holy Spirit on all flesh, it's, it's for uh, Christians to be ignited, be empowered, uh, know what God's doing, see his purpose coming to light. But not only that, people that are blinded, their eyes will be open. And it's like, God, we need that so, so, so much right now. And, and the devil's done a good thing, like Pastor said before. He's closed everybody off, isolated everybody, and everybody's gotten lazy. Because <laughs> now they can just watch on TV. They, they can watch all the movies. There's so many. We're getting bombarded with different apps and things to go look at movies on your TV. And, and so what do people do? I mean... We just bought a new um, sectional, and all I can hear Scott is saying is, we just need more uh, recliners. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, we don't need any recliners. And I'm like, to me, when we think about recliners, when I was growing up, you were old. <laughs> old people had recliners, and they never wanted to leave from in front of the TV. <laughs> and, you know, so they could sleep there, they could lay there, they could eat there. And I'm like, we don't need any, any recliners, any more recliners. But if you look at all the things out there, they're making recliners in everything. And if it's not a recliner, it's a chaise lounge, so you can just stretch out, just get your pillow, <laughs> just stay on the couch. And it's like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? <laughs> so I was like, oh, my goodness, that's crazy. But I'm like, okay, no more recliners. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, of course, God sets it up so we have a chance to figure it out. He says, take a look at that and ask after what? After what? After we do all the stuff he told us. Call for a fast and everybody get together. Corporate prayer. Do our part first. And then he'll partner with us to do as he promised. 
And sometimes we forget that. We have to do something first because it's our will to do it. He's not going to make us do it. We have to decide to do it to reconnect with him. Now it's really up to us to respond the way God wants us to respond. He wants us to do things, but he's not going to force us. And um, I was thinking about that. Somebody said something to me, and now I can't even remember because I want to tell you. But (laughs) it was about something about will. And I said, we're the only ones that have a will. And, uh, oh, scientists, somebody was saying how they're using... um, baby parts or something to create different things in people. And there, somebody said they were taking the skull of uh, uh, somebody of babies and putting it on animals or something to see how they would react. And if they said, we don't need them animals to start thinking. <laughs> and I think I remember back in the day, somebody was reminding me, I think in the 80s, where they took um, a part of a tissue of a human ear and put it on a, a rat or a mouse or something, and it developed a regular ear to, to try to do things for people's bodies. And I'm like, crazy. But look at all the movies that are out there making us numb to weird stuff that's happening. I used to tell my kids that all the time. This is not real. I said, but if you ever see something like that, remember the Transformers? I think my grandson, he loved the Transformers, and he wanted the Transformers. I said, don't get comfortable seeing things change. And I said, what, do you, what would you do if you were walking down the street and something that was walking with you changed into something else? He said, it might be a good thing. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, that would be a demon. That would be demonic, and you need to run. <laughs> but he was little. He didn't know, and he's thinking about all the uh, Transformers and things, but... They're doing that so we get used to seeing things out of the ordinary, and that is not godly. Amen? <laughs> so I said, no, no, don't, don't think it might be good. No. <laughs> uh, so be, before God could give Moses the Ten Commandments, he had him fast uh, and pray and be filled with his presence for 40 days. Because up there on the mountain, what was he doing? He was fasting. Uh, fasting is a part of the total provision of God for his believing people. It's part of our spiritual discipline. How far will we go to hear from God? We need to ask ourselves that. How far will we go to see him work in our lives to bring about his promises? Will we or can we go the distance to do the will of God, profess our Christianity, and use our faith? And sometimes to use our faith in certain situations, you have to be spiritually strong. (laughs) <laughs> and it's going to get more and more like that with each day with this uh, uh, government we have going right now. And just not even that, but just all the things around us. We have to be spiritually strong because the devil's going to look for stuff where we're weak in or things bother us. He's going to use that kind of stuff to attack us. So we need to be spiritually strong and know what the will of God is and what the Bible says about us. Amen. There are different kinds of fasting. Isaiah 58 tells us about two kinds, one that moves the hand of God and one that doesn't. That's very important, one that moves the hand of God and one that doesn't. Uh, You read in the first five verses, it goes through the fast that doesn't like and won't hear the voices of God and cries of the people, which brings no results. I'm not going to read that. But then in verses, you can read that for yourself. But in verses 6 through 12, Isaiah 58, it goes on to describe the fast that that God has approved of. Um, I'm not going to read it all, but it relates to a Sabbath. 
a fast day he has chosen. Yom Kippur, pastor was talking about that. To loose bonds of sin, wickedness, break the yokes that enslave us, and bring us freedom. This is what fasting does, and it's really important that we understand that it it's a sin of, breaks the sin of weakness, break the yokes that enslave us, and bring about freedom. Fasting brings about freedom. Amen? Amen. Uh, the Bible tells us that some things we could could face can't come out or be controlled by fasting. The Bible tells us that. Jesus said that these things won't come out except you fast through fasting. So we need to remember that. Some of the things we come against, sometimes we just don't know what else to do, but we need to fast. When we don't know what to do, fast and ask for God's direction. Joel 2.12, with every fast, God gives us a list of promises we will receive. Our fasting must be accompanied by an attitude of charity toward those in need or good deeds. Some Christians, we've forgotten the gospel of Jesus Christ includes loving people. Listen to all the stuff going on today. We're forgetting about that. And some people are Christians and hating other people. All kinds of people as much as we love ourselves. Love others as much as you love yourselves. Unfortunately, some people don't love themselves, right? So we need to change that because they're going through all kinds of things and, you know, the system, the government, our lives, people around us are always telling us we're victims. My Bible doesn't tell me I'm a victim. It says I'm an overcomer. I'm victorious. And we need to remember that in everything, no matter what we're going through, no matter what it is. My Bible says God brings us out. Pastor talked about being in the valley. Well, he says we're going through the valley. We're not staying there. And a lot of times the media and just... Some churches, I've been in some, I'm like, oh, my God, you're not teaching these people anything. <laughs> but it's like he's telling us we're victorious. We're the head, and we're never going to be the tail. You know, and it's like, okay, I, I'm believing that. Even though I'm going through these things right now, I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm not going to believe anything the media is telling me. I'm not going to believe TikTok things. I'm not going to believe all the videos out there. I'm going to believe what God says. If I'm having trouble in my marriage, I know I'm going to be on top. I know I'm going to come out because it's a choice. I, and you know what? And if I'm having trouble in my health, I know I'm going to get through it because the Bible says I'm victorious. Jesus did everything to heal me. I'm going to stand on that, even though sometimes I might have to use the doctors to do it, but I'm coming out on top. And it's like, so we need to remind ourselves of that. And sometimes fasting helps us remind, reminds us of that. Uh, your light, uh, Isaiah 58 says, your light, righteousness, and healing will come will come when we fast. Jesus, the son of righteousness, came to bring righteousness to the soul and healing for the body. The soul, our mind, emotions, and our will. Uh, God himself promises that when we begin to fast and seek him in the right way and with the right motives, then and only then will light, righteousness, and healing come. See God, and sometimes people, you can say, well, everybody doesn't get healed. We can pray for people, but it has to be their will. We can pray and pray and say, God, why didn't you heal them? Well, what were they thinking? <laughs> we can pray and believe, but sometimes the people we pray for don't believe. They believe the report of the doctors instead of believing the report of the Lord. And, you know, and, and then you got people speaking into you, all kinds of stuff. You hear all kinds of stuff. You have to know how to just 
block that stuff out and go, you know, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus and stand on the word of God. Well, he said, after all that, righteousness, which is acts of kindness, it brings righteousness to the soul and healing for the body. He promised us that when we begin to fast and seek him in the right way, all that stuff will come. Seek God in prayer, not for others to see you doing it, but because you love the Lord and you want to stand in the gap for others besides yourself. He will lighten our loads. He will give us favor in the eyes of men, and he will bring healing, restoration, and divine intervention to our bodies. When I read that, I was like, yeah, maybe I should have a fast right now, but it's like, okay, maybe not yet. I have to do it. (laughs) Uh, I'm not one to keep fasting all the time for everything. And I remember Pastor, when he was talking about, he said he hates fasting uh, because he likes to eat. He's a foodie. But, <laughs> but uh, and we have lots of foodies, and that's okay. But there's, there's certain times when you're having trouble in your lives, when things come on you heavy, when you're trying to make a major decision. Uh, that's a time to fast when you're trying to do that. So you can hear from God. You can hear from the Holy Spirit. He's there to guide you through everything and, you know, tell you where to go, which I'm doing right now because I'm trying to refi. So I'm trying to find the lowest one I could possibly find. (laughs) And I saw one that said 1.91, but I had never heard of these people, so I'm trying to research who they are to find out, okay, is this really what I can get or not? (laughs) Uh, So it's like, okay, I'm not sure about that one, so I have to uh, ask God for a little direction. Um, but the world, the world wants us to follow them, the pointy fingers at others, which is criticizing. They want us to follow their lead, uh, to feel the burden of legalism. We're, we're being bombarded with legalism uh, to take the, the vaccine or not. Uh, if you're healthy, I don't even understand why you would have to. So many people have gone through the plague without, I'm going to call it plague, without uh, getting sick. So why would they need to have a vaccine? And then I saw this thing, my uh, son sent it to me, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) Uh, sent it to me where this lady had a vaccine and she put money or quarter on there and it stuck there. It was like a magnet. And I'm like, what? I said, no, that can't be real. But then she's not the only one that that's happened to. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, why in the world? What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is going on here? Uh, and it's so funny uh, what Pastor said about that, the burden of legalism and pointing fingers at people and what's going on. And that's why we just need to pray for our government because they're blinded. They don't know what's going on either. That's evident. <laughs> so we just need to pray for them because criticizing is like Lashon Hurrah. I mean, that's what it is. And, you know, and the Jewish meaning of that says it's murdering a person with your words. So are we going to murder President Biden or are we going to lift him up and say, God, give him a Damascus Road experience, change his thinking, let him break away from the people who's trying to control him, renew his mind, give him clarity and things like that um, so we can be America, because right now, we're not being America. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, we need, we need help with that. But we need to keep these things under control, not even let those things into our everyday lives. Then God says he's ready to hear our prayers. Uh, 
and we see people pointing fingers at other people and all kinds of things, but it's like, okay, God, I might not like that person, but I'm going to pray for them. <laughs> I might not like what's going on, but I'm going to pray for them so they get their minds can be changed. Uh, fasting is, uh, is the out, if you will, that God gives us to stop, examine, and change. Lines right up with Yom Kippur in the fall holidays. It's time to repent. Look at a look at why we should fast and what the Bible said about fasting. Uh, I when I looked it up and everything, I came across a list of, list of scriptures, and I'm going to go right through them because I'm watching the clock. <laughs> Exodus uh, 34:28 says Moses was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He ate no bread and drank no water, and then he God wrote the tablets uh, on the the word on the tablets, the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So Moses, in that instance, he got direction from the Lord while he was fasting. When we fast, we get our direction from God. We open up ourselves to listen to his voice. Ezra 8.21, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a straight and right way for us, our little ones and all our possessions, so Ezra told the people they needed to be humble. And sometimes we think we can do everything on our own, and we need to humble ourselves and say, Lord, we need help. <laughs> Joel 2.12, therefore also now says the Lord, turn and keep on coming to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning until every hindrance, every hindrance is removed and and the fellow broken fellowship is restored so it's a time of repentance but he says keep coming keep on coming and every hindrance will be removed uh, matthew 4 2 and he jesus went without food for 40 days and 40 nights and later he was hungry jesus was preparing himself with spiritual strength so he was fasting because when he was fasting what happened when he stopped fasting and he was hungry? The tempter came to get him to do things he didn't want to do, so he had to have that spiritual strength to um, keep the tempter at bay, the devil at bay, and put him in his place, which we can do that too. <laughs> uh, Matthew six sixteen. Whenever you are fasting, do not look gloomy, sour, and dreary like the hypocrite, for they put on a dismal countenance that their fasting may be apparent to and seen by men. Truly I say to you that they have their reward in full already. But when you fast, perfume your head, wash your face so that your fasting may not be noticed by men, but by your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Here he's telling us to be intimate with God, not worry about man. I know quite a few people every year do the Daniel fast and I have some people that tell me they're on the Daniel fast but they need to just do it quietly and some people just do it because it's a ritual they've done it every year or some people do it to lose weight and things like that but you know what you need to have the right motive right that's what the Bible says has the right motives and you know praise God if you can do it to lose weight but after you get off of it and you lost some pounds you got to keep doing something to keep those pounds off because they will run right back on. <laughs> Luke 2, 37. Anna, a prophetess, as a widow, even for 84 years, she was 84, she did not go out from the temple enclosure but was worshiping night and day with fasting and prayer. 
This was Simeon telling his mother uh, and those gathered in the temple about Jesus and what he was destined to do for Israel. God, from the beginning of time, ordained his people to fast and pray, whether they needed something from him or to just be in agreement with what he uh, has predestined for us all. And he has given us all a destiny. It's not by chance some of the things that you do. And I always tell people, they go, what, do, what does God want me to do? It's already in you. Whatever you do that's the easiest thing for you, you don't have to think about it. You just do it. That's part of your destiny. He put it in us so we know that, oh, okay, I can do this. And it's just there for us, but he makes it plain. We just try to spiritualize it a little bit too much sometimes, and we get confused. <laughs> um, Luke 4, 1 to 2, then Jesus, full of, and, full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led in the Spirit or by the Holy Spirit for 40 days in the wilderness or desert where he was tempted or tested by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when they were completed, he was hungry. Of course, hungry. <laughs> Jesus was focused on God's purpose at that time, to be strong and guided by the Holy Spirit. And God wants the same thing for us. Amen. Uh, to be guided by the Holy Spirit, to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might so we can withstand the world's influences. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we read the word. So we are not controlled by the world's influences. And right now we're being bombarded. Acts 13, 2 and 3. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Separate now for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. After, then after fasting and praying, they put their hands on them and sent them away. And sometimes... That's what God does to us. We're fasting, we're praying, and then he sends us out to do the ministry. Sometimes people think the ministry, the pastors do all the ministry, but that's not true. The congregation, the people in the church, the church does the ministry because pastors can't do everything. So that's why we, people get saved and we disciple them and educate them, equipping, which is what we're doing. So people can go out and do the ministry. It's always been that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fasting is always a way to seek guidance from the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples to not leave the upper room. It was corporate prayer until they received the Holy Spirit. And I, I can't wait because I know when we're uh, doing corporate prayer, I just know one of these times the Holy Spirit is just going to fall on everybody there. And we're going to be there more than an hour, maybe. But we're going to be inspired, empowered, and go out and do what God has told us to do. And just be enlightened and encouraged and put the fire back in us. Because how many people remember how you were when you first got saved? We couldn't do nothing. I remember going to, the, to work, and this guy, he didn't know anything about God. He said he hurt his arm. I, I, immediately, I just touched his hand and started praying, you know, and, and he's like, God, I'll heal your arm. And, and his arm and his wrist got better. And it's like, God, where is that fire? Sometimes we get lazy. We forget how we felt during that time. And I, I believe fasting and prayer helps bring that back to us, even though we age and we sometimes pass that on to our younger people because they can still run. <laughs> now, now we walk through it. <laughs> but we can still be empowered and inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the ministry is a young man's thing, right? Jesus was in his 30s. You know, the apostles were, they were probably in their 30s, 20s, 
and he empowered them to go out and do it. So we need to remember that. And sometimes for us as elders, we just impart what we know to the younger generation, and which is what we're supposed to do even as parents, so it will not go lacking and they'll keep it going. So now let's ask ourselves, what is the function, what is the purpose, and how does fasting serve our spiritual lives? Fasting helps us recall the negative behaviors of our ancestors, our parents, our family members that led to calamities. It helps us focus on our own parallel behavior, because sometimes all that stuff is passed down, that drives us, our nation, into similar negative solutions, situations. It's to help us make personal accounting of our behavior and resolve it to return to the positive path. So it helps us rethink our upbringing and rethink what God's word says and gets us to change when we read how we should be is what fasting does. If we fast and spend our time idly without repentance, we totally miss the point. I've been told some people fast to lose weight, but that emphasis is secondary and it de-emphasizes the primary purpose of repentance. Fasting is about repenting of our sins, our weaknesses, asking God to help us and direct us where we should go and just tell God, you know what, God, I'm fasting because I don't know how to do all this. (laughs) So help me out. Jonah 3, 5 says, So the people of Nineveh believed in God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth in penitent mourning from the greatest of them to the least. And right here is when he was the belly of the well. He told told them uh, what God said they needed to do, and they didn't want to do it. They ignored what he said. And then uh, so he told them they needed to fast. And after they saw him in the well and all that stuff, then they said, we believe God. (laughs) and uh, then they proclaimed a fast verse 10 says and God saw their works their fasting that they turned from their evil ways and God revoked his sentence of evil that he had said that he would do to them and he did not do it for the because it was for he was comforted and eased concerning them because he saw them fasting and praying and turning from what they were doing according to rabbi Eliyahu uh Kitov, who wrote the book of our heritage, a Jewish book, the main purpose is to bring us to repentance so we can change our actions, which is what it's all about. Even getting saved, learning more about the Bible, reading scripture, how God says we should be. But fasting really makes you um, use the physical to, uh, to subject your physical to be able to do spiritual realities, into spiritual realities. So it's like, as spiritual beings, we continue to use the physical, both the physical and spiritual, to activate, move forward toward our goal of ultimate growth in God, which is what we want to do. So we use fasting, which make us buffer our bodies and get it under control, because our bodies can rule us. (laughs) So we need to get it under control so we can hear from God and, and tell our bodies, no, you're not in charge, body. I'm in charge. Our will is in charge, not what our body wants us to do. Fasting helps create a sense of separation from our regular routine and heightens our ability to connect with God. In other words, we can manipulate the physical to gain access to the spiritual. Hunger gives us a feeling of emptiness. The dictionary's definition says it's lacking needful or desirable elements, a state of not having what one needs or wants and yearning for it. 
and isn't that true? When we fast and we're hungry, we start yearning for certain things. <laughs> and even sometimes when we know we're going to fast, we start yearning for things that, <laughs> that we don't even need or want. We start, well, let's fill up now. Let's eat more now so it can carry me through the fast. <laughs> And I love it because that's what Pastor always says. He said, okay, we're going to be fasting, so eat a big meal now so we can can go through it. But it's really not about that because you're going to eat anyway before you fast, and you should, so your body has nutrients. But it's so funny. He says, have a double portion. Take some home, and right before your fast start, eat a little bit. But, you know, that's what we, uh, we need to do. But, you know, we're in control, and our bodies know if we're fasting, and the spirit will take over. Spiritual feelings aren't always clear to us or easy to read, and they're not. So we need to have, uh, we need to or, or put forth some effort to recognize them, and fasting helps you recognize spiritual things. That's where a fast comes in. It makes us focus. Uh, God uses the Bible to give us specific days or holidays to have a fast. By giving us specific days to fast, it provides us with physical sensations that point to spiritual realities. Because of these directions or requirements given by God, it necessitates or compels us to repent, change our actions, and that activates the longing we have in our spirit, in our spirit to walk a path that leads to a changed world, a rectified world. And that's what we want to do. We want to Leave how we are and how we sometimes um, are weak in certain areas. And we want to use the fast to say, God, okay, I know this is our shortcoming. This is my shortcoming. And I need to get out of that. So I'm fasting for you to help strengthen me. And uh, so I can know that my will will take over and say, no, we're not doing this anymore. We're not walking down this path anymore. We're changing, and we're going to walk the path that God wants us to walk. Amen. And how many of us did that when we got saved? You know, we got saved, and the Bible says the Spirit calls us, but we make a decision to get saved, to confess Jesus as our Lord. So that's the same thing we can do in all areas of our lives. We just have to remember we're in control because <laughs> our mind will take us all kinds of ways. We have to pull all those thoughts back into what does God say? Amen. Fasting also helps us address the common difficulty of not relating to the reason for the fast anyway <laughs> or the holiday. Uh, we fast during Yom Kippur. Why? Because it's about atonement or repentance. That's what it's, Yom Kippur is. Fasting in itself is reminiscent of atonement that was performed in the temple when the people bought their animals in there to sacrifice to atone for their sins. Well, we don't have to do that, thank God. Uh, <laughs> Jesus was our sacrificial offering. And when we think on that and about what that with true sincerity of what he did for us, and sometimes it's easy for us to forget what Jesus really did for us. But when we do that, we want to repent of our shortcomings. I know I do, because how many of you ever watched the movie The Passion? I mean, that is like more of a true... Um, replication of what happened to Jesus and anything I've seen. And I mean, it always brings me to tears when I, at certain areas of that, because like, man, how could he endure that? Why would he do that? He did that for me. And that makes me go, okay, God, I'm going to do everything I can 
to do what your word says or do what you did because of all the stuff you went through for me. He did that for all of us. And I, I look at that, and I'm like, man, I could never do that. <laughs> so I know he had to be full of the Holy Spirit, and he had to be totally spiritually minded to go through all that because, like Pastor reminds us, he knew every single thing that was going to happen. And how many of us, if we knew every single thing that was going to happen, we wouldn't go down that road? <laughs> and it's like, man, thank you, God, for empowering him and strengthening him to do what you told him he needed to do to save humanity. Um, us fasting is our way of giving God an offering in hopes that he'll accept it. That's our goal for him to accept it. Repentance and fasting proves to Almighty God or shows him that we are truly sorry for our sins and shortcomings and want to reconnect with him our Father, which is what prayer does. It helps us reconnect. Fasting helps us reconnect to God. We all know that fasting isn't easy, and we all know that. That's why we don't always do it. <laughs> but it's the difficulty that gives us the opportunity to connect with God in a stronger way in every single area of our lives. It gives us a way to say, okay, God, I know I don't like doing this, but right now I need some help. Right now I just want to get closer to you. I want to know what you want me to do, so I'm going to fast. And that's the way fasting should be. We give up our own desires to do a fast. It's a, it in itself is an offering directly to God because we give up stuff freely to, to ask God for help. We give stuff up freely to um, reconnect with God. Harnessing the emptiness that fasting engenders to bring about a deeper level of repentance along with sacrifice makes our fasting a precious opportunity for connecting ourselves to Almighty God and his will. And isn't that what it's all about? We fast because we want to be connected to God deeply. And, and every time we grow and read the word, we only do that because we want to know God more. We want to know what he says. We want to know um, what we have to do to get closer to him. We want to know exactly how we can live the abundant life that he tells us that we have. And yes, it says things fall on the just and the unjust, and we all know that because we all had some difficulties one way or another, but we don't have to stay there. It says we don't have to stay there. Reading the word gives us every answer that we need to pull ourselves up, strengthen ourselves, to move on to something different or better. Or, and sometimes it takes... Um, us cutting off our friends that we've had to move on because they're not doing what God says. And how easy is that not to do that because you've had these friends for a long time, so you want to still communicate with them. And you can, but you don't have to do everything they do. And you don't have to listen to everything they say. And you can be the light that maybe changes them. So uh, that's why I should tell my children as they were growing up, you can hang out, but you be the leader. <laughs> you be the one that focuses and says which way you guys are going to go. And that way maybe they will listen to you and get saved and their lives can change. Uh, and, uh, and then they can really be your friends and then they can come over. <laughs> but sometimes, uh, sometimes it just doesn't work that way. And if those instances, if they're bucking against you and what you're doing, calling you, oh, you're just such a wimp. Oh, what's with that? You know, then you don't need to hang around them. 
because they're just going to pull you down. You, the Bible says you are who you hang around with. And, and how many parents have always said that? You are who you hang around with, whether they're adults or not adults. That is a true word, and we need to take that into consideration. And uh, sometimes we need to have our kids fast. No TV, no phone. <laughs> my kids used to hate that, especially my youngest one. She would just keep that phone upstairs, and I could hear her talking. I'm like, you're supposed to have it. I'd take it away from her. She'd try to find a way to find it. So you take the... Uh, cord away so if it dies it can't come back on she can have it in the morning but I tell you they live by those phones look at people now they don't even this next generation has no people skills they don't know how to talk to anybody they don't even know how to talk to us because they're on the phone <laughs> and I, I saw this thing on um it was on I don't know Google I think it, it was just on one of the things I look at on Google where the people that invent all this stuff um, don't even let their kids have a phone until they're at least 16 because of all the stuff that goes on and that they get bombarded with on the phone. And that's why a lot of kids um, feel depressed. They have anxiety because they try to uh, anticipate or be how the people are that they're on the phone you know, talking to. And some people bully them that way, and they get things on the phone that they are not equipped to handle mentally and so it distracts their growth. Amen. So I hope that was uh, a good thing on fasting for you guys. Help us realize. In the bookstore, I think Paula had some of these. It's about uh, what the Bible says about fasting. I'm not sure if she has any more. But it tells you the uh, four types of fast. And it goes through what is fasting, why fast, and the wrong kind of fast. And gives you the scriptures that I just went over. So I'm not sure if she has these. Maybe if you ask, she might find some more. <laughs> so we can have it. Because fasting is our spiritual weapon. And that's what I want you guys to come away with. It's important. It's part of our spiritual weapons to defeat the enemy. And, um, and it strengthens our faith also 